they're just ambitious women networking while some other women aspire to get burkin while some other women hit the club and get twerking educated women know that it's a bit irking whether you be a woman or you be a male you need to listen to janina and shalia l because if you know like i know ain't nothing better than the billy john authenticity is something that they really on <laughs> this is the john a podcast i love y'all be forward. Welcome to the Drawing Podcast. I'm your host, Shalia. And your host, Janina. And today we have a special guest in the building. We have Coco. Say hi to the people, Coco. Hello, people. <laughs> so we're going to get with today's affirmation. Today's affirmation says, quitting is not an option. It never was, and it never will be. Sis, y'all good? I'm good. Or to be a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. I'm doing great, actually. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. good. Today is Wednesday. Good. It's week. You is forgot what day it was? From day to day, oh. you know, changes every day, actually. Okay. Well, yes, it is Wednesday. Two more days into the weekend. So, yeah, something to look forward to. Absolutely. Um, I'm good. My day was not what I expected it to be. It's my day off, and I expect it to be relaxing. But, um, I went to go charge my iPad, and I'm like hearing this noise. Where is this noise coming from? Was the iPad wasn't charging, so I had to go um, buy a whole new charger and uh, the block thing. A mess. Yeah. So you just had to buy a new charger, though. That's it. Yeah, I'm glad it wasn't the actual iPad. Exactly. Exactly. That's. But I got insurance, so it was like, let me figure out: do I need a new iPad or do I need the charger? That and then I ended up, of course, doing the other. I had planned on why well, I did. I went and got my eyebrows started for the first time here. As y'all know, I had been going back to Philly, getting my eyebrows. They look good. Um, did it? Did it hurt when I went? It felt like I was being electrified. No, I'm used to it. I prefer to get them threaded. How could you put yourself through such pain? Wax it hurts more. I know, and I do it every month. Lord knows. <laughs> I can't judge. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I'll say wax to her more, but yeah. So after I found I'm good. I was I was relieved that it wasn't um, you know, the whole iPad. So because we yeah. I already had this. How long we had our iPads, Janina? A year and a half almost, right? Because we got them at the same time. We got them after we started the podcast, I thought. Right. And we've been doing the podcast for like a year and a half. So Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, I guess. So it hasn't even been that long. Oh, yeah, it's been longer than a year because I did have it when I went to Puerto Rico. So, yeah, it's been longer yeah. than a year. Yeah. So, all right. Um, My Oh, I Like the Edge one for this week is um, y'all know I'm greedy and I'm always talking about food. I know, I know, I know you would think I'm 350 pounds. But, um, it's the inner fat child it's okay i know i um, <laughs> i love me some popcorn 
So my seasons that I ordered, they have a vegan nacho cheese and a vegan ranch. And I mix them together. And I know it's bad, but at Walmart, they sell the butter that they use at the theater. So I bought some of that. And put the ranch and the nacho cheese on it. I've been oh, eating it every day. So, so fat. Oh, you do the mi- microwave popcorn? No, I buy the kernels, put them in a paper bag, and cook it in the microwave. So I put my wow. so nice. Fun. You always gotta figure out a way to make it homemade, even popcorn in a microwave. <laughs> because the, you know the one that they um put in the bag got so many, uh, you know. Yes, I'm listen. You are my hero. I mean, you really go to work when it comes to this, the authenticity of the meals prepared. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Sounds so good, though. Thank you. It was. It was. So that's my Oh, I Like That going. What's, who else got an Oh, I Like That going? So one of my friends told me about this show on Hulu called Reasonable Doubt. Mm-hmm. So I started that, but I'm only on the first episode and it's good so far. And it actually, it's funny that I, I didn't choose this on purpose, but, um, the couple in the show is kind of like going through a separation slash divorce too. Um, and what is it called? Reasonable doubt. Oh, Michael Ely is in it too. You know, he, (laughs) anytime you see Michael Ely on the screen with somebody else's wife, it ain't never good. But yeah, yeah, it's about like a a black woman attorney and her family. And he, I think she, she was a public defender and Michael Ely was her client and he got wrongfully convicted. I'm assuming, like I said, I'm only on the first episode, but, Mm -hmm. um, she like goes and visit him in in prison. So you could tell they had kind of like history. But her husband like made her choose between her job and her marriage or whatever. Oh wow. Okay. Yes. And um my other oh I like that John is okay. I don't know if this is corny, but Diddy's song Moving On that actually <laughs> I've never heard this song. Are you are you speaking with Bryson Tiller? You heard it, Coco? No, I'm in my ears to the street. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. don't get my ears to the street. <laughs> Never. <Yeah. laughs> that, so I, I like the song. Um, It's called Moving On. And then I do like his son's song too. Can't Stop. Can't I stop. like his son's song. Y'all, sidebar, you know his son was at. at no, I saw it. Oh, no, I saw it. I saw that. Yes. yes. Yeah, I like I, I've always about, liked King Combs, his little swag. I've always yeah. liked it. He's always but he remind swag. me so much of Diddy. Like when he yes. was dancing and stuff, like that is like literally his twin. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go listen to that. Yes. Yeah, so listen, so moving on, Diddy with Bryson Tiller, he has the remix with Young Miami and Ashanti. And Ashanti has a bar for uh Herb Gotti on there. Oh, I heard people yeah. talking about it, but I didn't yeah. hear it. Oh, okay. I'm wow. I never watched this, the series he did, that Herb did, but I heard that he was like spilling all this tea about it. I did watch it. You I watched did watch it. It. Mm. it was good? It was good. Yeah, it was good because I guess it was good because you got to know like background stories behind like certain hits. 
mm-hmm, but he mm-hmm. definitely exposed i've always seen him as an asshole like when he had the show <laughs> with his wife he showed how much of an asshole he was yeah but yeah. i didn't know much about his um trial with him and his him and his brother and mm-hmm. that the the documentary kind of explained that like i never knew what it was but they were like it was basically like the hip-hop cops just saw that they were affiliated with people who was like in the drug game or whatever and just was like oh you must be laundering money even though he wasn't oh wow yeah because they got to quit it oh wow but well, i'm not i don't want to watch it you know what Irv Gotti is, is that's the one that's affiliated with ja Rule, right yeah you know he didn't pay they didn't pay little mo for none of the songs Stop it. You lying. That's why I said when you watch it, you see why she don't bang with him. But Ashanti Ashanti didn't get paid for none of that stuff. Really? And, All right, I'm gonna have to watch it. Yeah, I, I was not she was she was just always in the studio. She didn't get her she didn't get signed until after she was already on like Fat Joe song and J Lo song. And then they were like, Okay, after they seen that the song was a hit, then they signed her. Mm. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. That's, that's I did not know that, but Lil Mo, we can go watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lil Mo, and I'm like, those songs still hit with Lil Mo. Yes, those they songs, do. What, what other song with Lil Mo? Like one song, ain't it? She got the one with Ja Rule, and then she got the um, when I cry, you cry. Where would I be? Mm. Where would I be without you, baby? Yes, if yes. You me, if you want me to put it on you, yes, yes. I thought that was her song. He's in it. Who would I be with all my baby? You know. Oh, but I'm saying if it's her song, then that's that's. Listen, when you watch, you I don't think it's her song though. Oh, I don't know. It's a good watch, but it does show how much of an asshole he is. Like he's saying in the documentary, he's saying like he had a real relationship with Shanti, like that they lived together and everything. And wasn't he married the whole time? He was married, but he's saying that him and his wife weren't together. Mm-hmm. I say, ain't he married now? He, he's yeah, and he's well. I guess he's not he married about it then. No, no, he's not married. Oh, he's, oh, not, he's married not married now. now? Oh. No, Deb, she been left that nigga. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, either way, it's just messy, like sir. But I guess you know it's the history. I guess he wanted to expose the history, but he's a clown. Mm-mm. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, oh, he's a clown ass man. That's it. He's yeah, I gotta, clown. I gotta add that to my watch list. <laughs> um, I do my my. Oh, I like that joint is. Um, I'm not sure you guys heard her curly Nikki. She has a hair blog. Um, well, that's how I I started being uh you know kind of a fan of hers through her hair blog years ago. Um, but in recent years she's evolved into like a little um spiritual space. She has a podcast called Good Mornings uh, with Curly Nikki, and um, I love it. I love it. It's like usually like between, I would say like four and seven minutes every morning, and it's just like inspirational, just very inspirational messages or whatever, Um, and it really, really helps get me centered for my day, so it's really become a really big part of my self-care, so I would encourage anybody who's looking for something to kind of mellow out their morning. Curly Nikki, her podcast is called Good Mornings, and um, she's on IG under Curly Nikki. It started being about hair, but she done it's all about something else now, child. She done moved on to some other stuff, but she's good. 
she's real good. I, I've been following her for years. But that's my oh, I uh-huh. like. Her. I have to look that up. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yes. I follow her, but I don't really. Yeah, I follow her, but I haven't like gotten into what she's doing lately. But a yeah. lot of people are shifting from like the natural hair thing because a lot of people are going to relaxes yeah. and stuff. So you gotta get in where you fit in. I mean, you do. I mean, she. I think she still is in the natural hair in terms of her hair, but just the topics. She don't even talk about hair no more, as far as what I'm hearing. And I know I don't go to the blog no more, the curly Nikki blog, which is about hair allegedly. But yeah, but she's 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 good. That was that's kind of a one podcast that I've been tracking. Besides you all, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I got me a few, you know, that I subscribe to. But that's a- okay. Okay. Alright, so You Gotta Hit This Drone Up is where we highlight a small business, and this week we are highlighting Timmy J's House of Soul, and it's a newly opened soul food restaurant, and it's located at 62nd and Vine. It's a Black-owned business in Philly, and it's owned by Kalima Johnson and her family. They're open Tuesday through Sunday, and you can find them on IG at Timmy's underscore JS underscore house of soul and they have their menu there and you know they do different specials and things like that this is actually somebody that I went to high school with she started cooking out of her house and now they have an actual restaurant so shout out to her and her family and from what I hear the food is really good so you guys if you get time check it out I know yesterday they had $12 chicken and fish platters all day so they do different mm. specials and stuff like that. So, so it's like a pickup versus a dine-in? You know, like your regular... Soul food takeout, um, yeah. So, yeah, like takeout, take yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. I, so I haven't, you know, I, I haven't been, but when I come, I plan on... I don't know if they had tables and stuff in it. Like I said, they literally just had the grand open on Saturday. So. Nice, nice. So that's exciting. That's my neck of the woods, too. So. Yeah. So make sure y'all hit them up and support them. So we're going to get into this week's episode topic, which is why we have Coco here. And the episode topic for this week is divorce and how has it impacted your life? So you can share as little or as much as you would like to. Mm -hmm. And before we get into the topic, um, Coco is one of my closest friends, we've been friends for, since what, like 2004 or 5? Uh, earlier yeah. than that. Um, this is really? friends before I graduated college. I was in college yeah. at Applebee's. So I would say, when like, did you graduate? 04, uh, Westchester. Oh, okay. So, so we, and also, see, because I have all these dates. When did I turn 21? Like, I knew you before I turned 21. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so it's, I think, because yeah. it was at Applebee's, so O2O3. Yeah. About and Coco was the first person when I worked at Applebee's. She was the first person that came up to me and was like, hey, I'm Coco. If you need anything, let me know. And we've yeah. been friends ever since then. So. Yes, we have. We have yeah. we've been friends ever since. We're going to be so short. It's just so much power. You know what I mean? It's just complete. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Never get it twisted. She runs everywhere she's at. It's just crazy. Yes. <laughs> ah, no, I don't. Yes, you do. 
hilarious. We, we worked in two restaurants together. Okay, so uh, I oh know. yeah, we did work in we yes, did yes. You know that <laughs> just, but me and Janina worked together. I didn't run nothing there. Job that was, was your part. Well, that was like your second job or something. Yeah, that was my part time job. Yeah. Oh, so it wasn't you wasn't going all the way in there, is what you're saying. You kind of held back or whatever. Well, I already had prime land stuff at my full time job. So I was probably tired <laughs> when I got to the part time job. So yeah. But yeah, we're gonna um Coco is gonna, you know, talk about her experience with being divorced. Yes. Well, let me just say this. You guys left it so open-ended. I'm like, well, what aspect of the divorce? Like, what? Well, we do have questions. (laughs) Yeah. We'll guide you through it. Yeah. We'll guide you through it. It was so open-ended. Yeah. And, and you know what? Like, I don't, I don't hold on to a lot in terms, especially if it's not good. So a lot of, so I'm like, well, how deep do, do I go? Do I zhuzh up stuff? Like, I don't know. But um, so yeah, if you guys have specific questions, you know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll, I'd appreciate that, but I'll, you know, just talk a little bit about in general, my general journey with it. Um, because I was married, uh, I was married for seven years. I got married in 2010 and, uh, we got separated, uh, the end of 2017. So, so it's been about five years, it's been about five years. And so I'm officially divorced as of 2019. And wow. Daughter. Uh, I have one daughter. She's nine. And so she was only the only uh, child that we had together. And neither one of us have any more children. I don't think he got any more kids, but I don't. I don't. So, um, so yeah. So we kind of in the throes of the co-parenting and all that stuff. But um, Shalia knows like when him and I met like at the club years ago. <laughs> We were kids, you know, we, we were kids and, um, you know, I was out, you know, doing my thing at the clubs and stuff like that, but I still was a little sheltered and I still was very much a little reserved. So, um, so I think that probably played a little bit as far as like when we did start having issues and concerns in the marriage, um, I really wasn't prepared for a lot of it, you know, but. But you know what happened, and so, so yeah, so, so I don't know, I don't know what y'all want. Y'all want to know the drama, like what y'all want to know the tea. <laughs> so no. my first question is: It took you from when did you actually file for a divorce? Well, I filed. I would say we got separated. Matter of fact, January twenty eighteen, because I was like in December December 2017 I was like I'm not going another year like it was just like I was we was going through so much and you know I'm coming from a church background and so you know we don't really play about divorce and stuff like that and so I really took my vows seriously so it was a difficult marriage from day one but for whatever reason I just put on myself that you know it, it had to work out you know what I mean it's literally literally to death do you part and so no matter how difficult things got, I just kept on just kind of dealing with it and dealing with it. And then when uh, we had Reagan, that gave me another layer of reasons of why to stay committed to the marriage. So over the years, it was just a lot of inf- infidelity um, and things like that to the point where it just kind of just exploded. So December 2017, like I had a moment and I just finally gave myself permission. Like, I'm like, listen, girl. 
God ain't say you have to suffer your whole life. You know what I mean? He never said that. You know, I understand you want to keep your family. I understand you got this small child and you want things to work out, but you're not happy and you haven't been happy. And it's okay for you to kind of let it go. Like you tried it and it's okay. Like I had to have that conversation with myself because it was me keeping myself hostage all those years, just staying faithful and kind of staying committed. So um, on New Year's Eve, I remember it was it's, it's really out of nowhere. I, I really did it out of nowhere. I mean, we was obviously having a lot of issues, but that was the case in general. So it really was no different. So except for I just decided, like, I didn't want to do another year like that. So it's the holiday break, you know, New Year's Eve. You know, you kind of got a week, you know, January 1st or January 2nd. <laughs> I came up with my, my my plan. So, you know, I went and I um I went down to court and, and I just, you know, let them know like we've been having issues because we have been having some back and forth, but sometimes when you marry, like, well, not I mean, you kinda if y'all live together, you can't just put somebody out. You can't do that. Um, so I went down there and basically fell at the mercy of the court like your honor I got a small child arguing you know what I mean it's just not a safe environment for my daughter I feel like we just need to separate you know so basically they evicted him you know and that was crazy because we didn't really have any physical altercations so that rarely ever happens so I really kind of feel like that was God just helping me along the way because I really didn't know how I was going to get out of the situation because he wasn't going to voluntarily leave and it was we was living in a house that I owned, so I kept feeling stuck. Like, am I going to just leave? Because you know he was kind of doing whatever he wanted to do, and I was just kind of tired of just having to sit there and take it. And so January, like I said, December, New Year's Eve, I went down there. New Year's Eve, I made the plan, waited for the holidays, then went down there the first business day, asked you know for the emergency hearing, and they and they did, they evicted him. And so Wait. I paperwork. Wait, so they brought like the sheriff out to even? Oh, I, I, this is what you have to do. They give you the paperwork and they tell you, you know, you got to have somebody serve them. And so what you have to do is take the paperwork to your local police station and let them know. And so basically you got to schedule it. So he was at work that day. And so I had to basically, like when he came home, I had to like have the cops come to the house. Like it was a whole sting operation. Like I had somebody at my house. I had all his stuff packed up. And so when he came, the police came around and served him with the paperwork. Like I wasn't there. I was too scared. I was at the police station, but my stepdad was there and, you know, they escorted him off the property. Wow. And we changed so before house. this, did you have a conversation like you need to go? Did you, did you it's already been, have that conversation? Yeah. It had been building up, but if you know him, he's very stubborn. And because I was very passive and gave so many empty threats over the years, I don't really think it mattered. You know what I mean? Like what I was saying, I don't think it really mattered. So, and after a while, I didn't think it mattered to myself because I had been saying it so long. Like, what was I going to do? But I felt helpless. I felt helpless. I felt powerless. And I didn't know how to get out the situation. So, um, so my aunt who worked at domestic relations course, she kind of told me, like, I see stuff like this all the time. Maybe you should try it. And I'm like, okay. And that's what I did. So yeah, we have been having a lot of issues. Um, that particular month, it was like, I think I had found a, a girl on the, on the, um, on the phone, the phone, uh, the, the, uh, the phone bill. And so, you know, I had been calling the girl or whatever. We had been talking and she had just been, she was just very disrespectful. And now obviously looking back, why do you even call a girl? But you know, I did. Right. Cause you all proof, even though I had had so much proof over the years. 
but I feel like we always just still on this hunt for proof. And so we had a, a whole crazy argument over the girl. And, you know, but like I said, we had, had so many arguments over here. We had went to so much counseling over the years and I had gave so many empty threats, but ultimately the bottom line was I felt trapped. Like, I'm like, he's not going to leave, you know, um, he's just not, you know what I mean? And then I wasn't going to leave because I'm like, I got this baby and that's what I had did over the holiday break. I was at my family's house, but I'm like, why should I be the one over here with my baby? And he home with the car. We had one car at the time and we just, me and the baby out here. So so was he was he um, helpful with Reagan? Did he help you, or when you were in the marriage, did you feel like you were a single mother? Yeah, it was very much single mother um, vibes, and that was another reason that made it difficult because I felt like if he's this absent and we all live together, um, um, I just felt like, damn, what is it going to be like if we're not together? You know what I mean? It was to the point where me and Reagan, like that Christmas break. Me and Reagan was out Delaware with my family and I'm showing up with me and Reagan. Everybody's like, where's your husband? Not with us. You know, that's kind of how we operate. It would be me and a baby. But yeah, like I was doing everything by myself. So, um, yeah, so that, that was like the whole thing. I was scared of that. Like I was just scared of so many things. Like I did not know what life was going to help. Like if I, like I said, because you got two incomes. I mean, I'm like, how am I going to do all of this? Like it was just crazy. But yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, we just was living separate lives. He was just doing his own thing. And I think I just was holding on to the marriage, but, um, but it was, it had been over. So when you guys, did you guys like plan your, your baby or was it a oops? Like, because. Oh, no, no, it was a plan. I mean, because you, we was married. So we wasn't like, um, wearing protection or nothing like that. So no, it was definitely, um a plan, you know, a plan thing. And I think for me, um, it was an opportunity for some happiness, you know, for me. So that was one of the things I was super excited about because I'm like, it's a blessing, even though I've been going through a lot, but here I'm, you know, I'm blessed with a child. And um, I was, you know, praying it was a girl because I'm really close with my mom. So I'm like, oh my God, I hope it's a girl. And it was. And so, yeah, so she was just like a ray of sunshine for me, just in the midst of it. So it was like, you know, we wasn't like planning or not planning, but you know. But did he seem happy? He did he seem happy when he was happy throughout your whole pregnancy? He was himself throughout the whole pregnancy. Like <laughs> you know, he wasn't. It wasn't nothing different. I mean, you know, it was. It's real bad. It's like I remember I had the flu. I had a real difficult pregnancy. Like as far as like um, the morning sickness, the first few months, and then I had gestational diabetes so bad that I had to. You know, I had to do the insulin in my stomach, you know what I mean? Before. Mm-hmm. So I had a really, really bad, um, so it was a difficult pregnancy. And I even got the flu. And I'll never forget, you know, because we had one car. Um, I went to the doctors because I had a horrible cold, like horrible. And I went and they swapped me. So I came home, you know, he left out with the car and they called me and told me like I had the flu. So they're like, we send you a prescription, you know, you need to take this, you know. I'm big as a house. It was like, you know, the winter, I was about to have her. And so I call him. I'm like, you know, they're saying I got the flu. You know, could you come home? Could you go get my medicine for I'm out with I'm out with my friends. You know, he just refused to, to go get the medicine. It was just the craziest thing to me. But that's a snapshot, you know, of what I was dealing with. You know what I mean? Just having to do, deal with stuff like that on my own. So it was a rough time. 
you know, it was a rough time, but you know, he was who he was. I mean, the one thing I think the marriage showed me is that you can't think marriage is going to change anybody. I was so hopeful. And I, were, and I know, you know, sis, like when we met Bray, like not the name drop, but when we met him, the type of characteristics, the way he used to get on, get like he was irritated, you know, he was, yeah, he was immature. And he was immature. And when, when Coco said she was getting married, I was like, to who? <laughs> Right, right. So So, it don't change. The marriage don't change nobody. You know, it don't change nobody, and that's and that's just the bottom line. It 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 literally never changed him. I think after we got divorced, I started seeing the most change. Like, and it was so crazy because it was like by then I was so burnt out emotionally. Like, it didn't matter if the Lord Himself came down and said keep the man. It wouldn't have happened. I couldn't muster up another. You know what I mean? And I mean, we never separated over the years. And I think that was one thing too, looking back. I think maybe if I were to put some sort of guidelines in there, maybe some sort of consequences along the way, then maybe mm-hmm. I burnt out so bad to the point that once he was gone, I was like, oh God, thank you. Like, like, you know what I mean? It was crazy. But the fact that I had just been walked on and just never, just, just taking whatever, 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 I couldn't take no more. You know what I mean? So when he did start to trans- transform and mature, and I sort of repeat different things about him, like we had been praying about, you know what I mean? And working on a lot of different things. You know, it was just like, okay, you know what I mean? But it was kind of like, okay, okay, good for Reagan. You know what I mean? And I still right. like that to the day. Like, you're a good man. You, you're growing and you're doing better for Reagan. You know, because of me, you know, I I, I can't, you know. Yeah, so so with, with the whole thing with, um, you know, going down to the courts and stuff, did he have to sign a divorce papers? Or was well, that yeah, so kid? that was just to get him out the, off the premises. So that's how we separated. And okay. then we stayed separated. Um, I filed officially in September of that year. So we were separated. And then um, we had through my union at my job, we have attorneys. So I did a consultation in September. And, you know, they give you stuff for like a discounted rate, I guess, because they're affiliated with the union. So I paid... And he basically just let me know, because I think you have to be, I had to be separated for a certain amount of time before I can file. Mm-hmm. We had to go past that year mark. So I started the right. process like September and um, by d- December, if he still wasn't like back in the home, I could kind of proceed, begin the proceedings. And that's so that's what I did. So that's how I was officially divorced by 2019, because I was reading it like, is it a year? It is. <laughs> Because I wasn't going to be, I was like, I'm not going to be one of the people that just be separated. Like, my mom was like that with her ex, with her one ex-husband in particular. They had been separated for longer than they was married. Wow. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like, I know plenty of people like that. Yes, they be comfortable with plenty of people like that. I couldn't do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> But I think people do that sometimes for the benefits. Um, mm. I know I have somebody in my family that her husband like if she would have divorced him then when he passed away because he passed he was sickly like he had cancer and then he had something else so if she would have had divorced him then she wouldn't have got those uh benefits like he's in the military and all that stuff so Mm. i know people do it for that but if it's none of that i don't understand why people do it yeah, it happens. And I mean, I wasn't, it wasn't contentious in terms of custody. Like I let the, you know, because I think, well, I know 
when as far as the paperwork, I need more. So I was standing to possibly have to pay him alimony. And oh, wow. but yeah. the um the lawyer advised me, like, you know, if you don't kind of start asking for child support and custody and all that stuff, you don't want to rock the boat because then he could file his own motion and then you know it could just right. turn something a little ugly. Right. He's like, I would just say, get out, you know, and then file something later if you want to, but just get out. If you're trying to get out just get out and so that's what it is so that's kind of why it was seamless because he just basically had to get served and he signed um and he wasn't real he by this time he had kind of accepted it it was a little rough during the first year in terms of um acceptance because it was so abrupt for him I will admit that because like I said I had just been a certain way for so long that I was surprising myself with what I was doing like I said when things was working out I'm like he he it worked like it was just crazy. It was like I was watching a movie, like all of it. And it was like so crazy. So, um, and he was trying to just, you know, get me back and just tell me everything, you know, that I wanted to hear and everything. But it it was, it's 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 so sad. And I I do regret, like I said, never putting my foot down sooner because I do feel like it could have possibly worked if I was in a headspace, but I, I just was so sucked dry, it wasn't nothing the man could have said. I didn't care. <laughs> I, I didn't care. So it was, yeah, so it was kind of like a faultless thing. And, you know, he signed and, and then we had to wait a certain amount of time for the, uh, for the courts to accept it. And then that was that. It wasn't even no drama. And we never went, I never went back to court, like for child support or for custody or anything. I never really had to, like, you know, we kind of just work it out. So my question is, after he, like, officially moved out, what was the first interaction like after that? Like, did he have somewhere to go? (laughs) He did. He had family. So he went with a relative. But it was so funny. I used to ask the man to come to church all the time. You know, I was going to a church. You should remember. Um, And so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they, and that's what he used to do. Remember, he used to show up in Bible study and got baptized. Like, it was just hilarious. After after asking him for years. Yeah. After asking him for years. So, um, so he started showing up at church is what he did. So that was kind of how I first started. And, you know, I, mean, we, I would come to church and then he, he would be. It was just, you know, insane. And it got uncomfortable, so uncomfortable, because then he started talking to the pastor. Now, I had been talking to the pastor for years about him, you know, about all the things I had been going through and you know, just showing up to church near Reagan and then just, I had established a relationship. So I thought with these people and um, here he come in, you know, and, you know, tell his side of the story. And it's just so much sympathy to the point where they started putting pressure on me, making it felt, making it seem like I should have been um, more forgiving. forgiving. And, and my heart was so close to him. So me in the church kind of fell out because I'm like, well, where was this energy when I was telling you everything he was doing, you know, right. like, for weekends at a time. And, and it's just like, where has he been? You know what I mean? Like, where, where was this energy when I would show up here crying and stressed out week after week, you know, and y'all just tell me to hold on. But then he shows up and it's just like all of this pressure for me to hear him out. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. And it's I think I've been allowed that space versus, you know what I mean? And so, um, so it got real bad to the point where I stopped going to the church. He still kept going. Because I'm like, I'm not going to keep running into you at church. And so for a few months after we separated, he didn't come to the house. He barely 
reached out to me outside of when I would see him at church, you know, because he was just saying stuff like, you know, just tell Reagan I love her, you know, but he was, he was kind of keeping his distance. And so, um, but I feel like he was just still trying to keep hope alive. And so, you know, I was back out there now. I'm starting to date, you know, I had a friend or whatever. And uh, it actually about a year, like, so he, he, he separated January 2018. So by the holiday season of 2018, I had already kind of started my, my paperwork and everything. And, and so <clears throat> there was an incident where it was an altercation. I was dealing with somebody and the guy was out there hanging out, hanging up Christmas lights. And Ray came, you know, he came to the house to um, pick up Reagan and <clears throat> as he encountered the man. And all I know is that they just fell through the door fighting. Like we were all in my house. <laughs> he just <laughs> What? In the Tyler Perry? Yes. Yeah. They fell through the door fighting. It was crazy. But it was like the guy that I was dealing with was kind of like at his wit's end because me and um, my ex-husband had been getting into so many getting into so many arguments, you know what I mean? And so and I think he knew I was seeing somebody. And so he would pick fights with me. Like he would get real explosive and curse me out. And obviously if you're talking to somebody, any man that you're dealing with ain't going to be trying to hear that somebody coming over, cursing you out or whatever. So he would do something like, like curse me out, have these hostile encounters with me. And so when, so my guy I was dealing with at the time was like, you know, he had some words for him. But I don't know what happened outside. But I know they, they came in and they were fighting. And it was just crazy. I never forgot it. Reagan never forgot it. Um, but yeah, that was probably the 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 the, the height of, of the, the action, you know. Besides that, it's been chill. But that was the one incident we had since the, the since the separation where he got into it with um somebody I was dealing with. And um, you know, they they it was a whole big altercation. And, um, you know, I felt bad because that's not, I, you know, I was trying to avoid drama. That's why I never even took him to court. Like, I just did not want no drama. And I didn't want to destroy him. You know, I really just wanted to be done. You know, I felt like I needed to be done. And so, you know, it was just unfortunate. But so was, how was he with Reagan? How was their relationship? Well, I mean, she's, he's still her everything in her eyes. You know, I will say that. That's so true. Like, he, we don't have a formal custody agreement, you know, so he don't, he works a lot, you know, he don't get her as much as I feel like he should, but in Reagan's eyes, like, we here, you know what I mean? Like, same thing, it's very crazy, but I don't say nothing, I'm like, you're right, girl, you know, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, talk, I talked about that before, how, you know, <laughs> our mothers can bust a behind Right, and dad could come around once a year on Christmas or something, and we'll think he is the man of the hour. You know what the I mean? The whole listen, the whole man is so crazy, and I like it's, I, like, it's funny because my daughter is not like that, <laughs> and she even was like, she's a she's a really big feminist, right? Mm-hmm. So she even was like the other day. So my husband's birthday was last week. So I was telling her like what I was getting for him. And then she was like, well, you don't have to do all that for him. He don't do that for you. Wow. And I was like, what are you talking about? Yes, he did. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I I find myself defending him. Because to wow. me, you're making it seem like I'm with a bum and he don't do nothing for me and I'm always doing stuff for him. And I'm like, honestly, I feel bad because for my birthday is my husband does way more than I do for him for my yeah. birthdays. 
I never given I've never given this man a party for his birthday. Yeah. I've never took him on a trip for his birthday. So that's why I, like it's funny because it's the opposite. I'm like I'm like, what are you talking about? Like right. I went to Puerto Rico last year, my husband paid for that. But yeah. when um you know, Talia know when I turned thirty, he threw me a surprise party. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, I'm yeah. just like she was making it seem like he don't do nothing. It's a mess. <laughs> I love yeah, that. No. She, she's rare. She's rare. <laughs> but I, she, I don't think she would be like that. The, the difference is my husband was incarcerated for years. Mm-hmm. If he wasn't like when she was a little baby, she was a daddy's girl. Like mm-hmm. it, it wasn't like that. So me and her got really close when my husband went to jail. So okay. he was in jail for like three years out of her life, like the beginning of her life. Mm-hmm. So that to me made a big impression on on that and then like now he's a truck driver so he's going a lot yeah. but i mean like she she said the other day about um her money like the school she goes to you could put money on um their account for lunch and oh, she's yeah, like i was like well girl i only put such and such on there you can't be using it up because like i don't want to check her account every day but right. if I check it, I'm like, well, why are you you buying this? You're buying all this stuff when you're packing lunch and you're packing breakfast. Why are you? So right. then she was like, well, my daddy ain't putting no money on there. Like, girl. She like, stuff right. need to be equal around here. Okay. Listen, but are we supposed to tell it. you the car you get driven to, he pays for that? Are we right. supposed to tell you right. the house that you, that you live in, he pays the rent on that? Am I supposed to right. tell her all my business? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. You got to check in with her. Like, that's, too much. My, that's what I do. I do the kids stuff and he pays for all the other stuff. Like, chill out, girl. Right. Like, we got a good. <laughs> She's such a mess. But, but I do know that most, most kids, a lot of times, but I think this also goes to show when, when women and mothers don't bash the person's, you know, mm-hmm. like, if you're not always saying negative things. Right. Yeah. About that person, regardless of what your relationship is, then the children, they're going to create their own perception. You yes. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it could be helpful and hurtful sometimes. Yeah. I think, I think, I think it's about a balance. Yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. That's sometimes it's about yeah. a balance. Yeah. Because sometimes when you put, when you put people on pedestals all the time mm-hmm. and then they fall off the pedestal, that disappointment is hurtful. Right. You know? Yeah. But, you don't want people like to bash. Like I know my husband dealt with that. Like with his mom, she she would say negative things about his father, and it's like he start believing it. So it's like, oh, well, wow. why should I even deal with him? You know? Yeah, yeah. But that's you yeah, gotta try to preserve their innocence. As you becoming like as she gets old, I know for me, as I got older and I started to have my own experiences with my mm-hmm. father, then I see you know what the real deal was so yeah you know children once they're older and they start seeing but the hurtful part is when i did get older that disappointment like waiting on the steps and he never shows up mm-hmm. or waiting for him to pick me up and i keep calling and there's no answer that is hurts yeah. So right. I just hope she doesn't, you know, kids. Yeah. That, that's that hurt is. Yeah, it's that. Like, and I and I and I think if I saw that, I would probably shield her from that. Like you know what I mean. Right. In terms of just making something more formal with the custody, right now, um, we kind of just you know play it by ear. 
Um, but thank God for technology nowadays. You can FaceTime and a lot mm-hmm. of fills in mm-hmm. a lot of times. And she always has that access to him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Good about, you know, FaceTime and calling her and letting her know. Um, and I would like, like I said, stuff to be more structured, but that's just me. Um, but right. But she, you know, but she has that access. She has a direct line to him. So I think that's helpful. Um, and then I try to stay, you know, neutral. She witnessed a few tiffs with us, you know, because, you know, she, she in the mix. But one thing I try to talk to him about, you know, is us being mindful of our energy because she really is sensitive to it. You know what I mean? So I'm like, we have to try to figure out a way. And I said, we, we knew each other a long time before we had her. And we were able to be friends over years and years. And then now we have her and things didn't work out, but we still should be able to find some common ground where, you know, it doesn't have to be tit for tat because if I, I was becoming explosive because what was happening was, you know, because I, I feel like I do the majority of everything for her, when he would say things to me, I would kind of get offended. You know what I mean? It's like, right. you need to say to me is thank you. Okay. And you're wrong. <laughs> Other than that, no, I don't really need to hear it. You know what I mean? No. But for whatever reason, you know, I guess people just have to, he is maturity needed on both ends. But so he would say stuff and I would just get highly offended, you know, like comment on what she eating, why you need no like candy, or, you know what I mean? You eat McDonald's again, or why you, you know what I mean? And it would just be like, he would say to her on the phone. And so I would be in the background listening, you know, and then sometimes he would have the audacity to say, put your mind on the phone. You know what I mean? Like, are you the boss? It was almost like the boss checking in. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I reported to him back, you know, the decisions I'm making. Like, he running stuff in your house. It's bizarre. It was just crazy. Yeah. So, it was a couple of instances where, you know, and it, it, it's so bad, like, to the point where now she'll be like, should I tell my dad that I have And I'm <laughs> We be honest because I feel like me and him work work that work through that. But yeah, girl. So yeah, it it it, it got bad, but we back on track. We it's better now with us. You know what I mean? And to the point where we, because I recently moved, and so you know he's been out to to the, to where I live at now, and um, you know she'll say stuff like, "Oh, can we can we go out to eat together?" So I have parents. No, and I'm yeah. like, oh, but I was just like, hey, can we go go eat together so I can have parents again? And so we all went out, yeah. and um, it was it was nice, you know, it was yeah. nice. And so and then it was good for her to see us laughing and joking and getting along. You know what I mean for her. Yeah. And, um, and so it, it it gave me a window into how she sees things. It's like she feels like she doesn't have parents anymore, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we're not in the same house. And so I'm trying to. No, like you do still have a mom and dad, you know what I mean? But it's good for us to be on one accord. And that's what I was trying to tell him the whole time. Like, I think he was just so upset at, you know, things ended. He was a little bitter. And I think I was obviously a little bitter, a lot bitter because of all the stuff he put me through. But I never took it to a certain extent because I love her so much. I never took it to the point where I wanted to do anything harmful to him. I just wanted my freedom. Like it was very crazy. It was like I was like Tina Turner. I just want my name, y'all. Just give me <laughs> all I need, That's the energy I had. Like whatever, sign bye. I, I will get it back. Whatever I lost, I will get it back. And that's what I did. God is good. <laughs> Throughout this process, did you go to like therapy? Oh yes. Well, not officially. I know. Did I ever do official therapy? I don't think so. Matter of fact, I did. I did do. I did do some therapy. 
Um, but it was a lot more, I think what was more helpful for me was the spiritual work I had to do, you know, because it was so much um, damage done emotionally and that I had to uh, navigate, you know what I mean? Because I was really, because what I learned years later was that I had this whole bag of expectations for marriage, you know, and so mm-hmm. it was kind of go back and unpack that bag. Like, why was I carrying this bag of expectations? What was mm-hmm. I expecting to get out of marriage that I didn't feel like I already had or I thought was inaccessible to me already? And mm-hmm. so was that I was walking around feeling like I was inadequate and that marriage was just going to give me some level of wholeness, you know, or love I just didn't have access to. And so I had to kind of tap into that on my own for myself, you know what I mean? And realize like, you can't really, you know, and even I, I want to marry again, but I definitely feel like it's something to be said about that love that you have and you cultivate within period, you know what I mean? So therefore, and it's not so much about, well, ain't nobody going to love you. It's, it's, you still, I still want the love. I'm still open to the love, but I had to really, because I didn't want to be a victim. You know, I did have a difficult marriage, but I had to go ahead and, on my part, like you was just kind of had this whole list of stuff that you wanted from this situation. And, um, that's not really the type of pressure you want to put on nobody. You know, he he's a human, you know, he, he, he's, he has flaws. And I think that a lot of the pressure that I, maybe I put on him, maybe pushed him away even more and made him feel more inadequate because that's what he told me. It was over that he never felt good enough, you know, and mm-hmm. I put that energy out there because it wasn't good enough, you know, and then that just kind of just drove us further and further apart. So, so, um, so yeah, so it wasn't so much structured therapy, but it was some therapy and then it was just a lot of spiritual work, a lot of self-love work, um, getting to know myself again, getting to, to realize like, why, why was I, like, cause I have to figure out why, why was I in the marriage? Like what was going on with me? You know, this is a lot. Yeah. But I, I dug it up, I did it, and um, and it's been better on the other side of that because now I understand, like, you know, you kind of have to be, you have to fill your own cup. Like, you have to be full on your own. And so, and it's not about, like, somebody coming in to rescue you, you know, with this love and this, all of this. Like, you have to, that's, that's all within us already. Like, the magic's here. Like, we're not waiting on it to arrive. And mm-hmm. so, happen to that and find it for myself. And that's been the biggest prize, and that's what, I wanted to make sure I told Reagan and raise her that way. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to enjoy the men now, but listen, you know, they don't come with the magic. Like, you got it. You the prize. Yeah. And you already have it, and you're fine as is. Yeah. But yeah I, I, I think one of the one of the biggest misconceptions is when people say, like, oh, you're my better half. And so, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. me, it implicates that you you're coming with, you know, 50% you're not whole right. without the other person absolutely but or you're my everything girl <laughs> <laughs> we love the love uh, songs though they cute they are they cute but that's they it there it's a song it's not reality yeah it's not <laughs> well for some people I think that's the thing about self-love like for some people they do put their everything into another person yeah, and yeah. the dangerous part about that is that people disappoint every day Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you do that, then you're not leaving any for you. Right. Mm-hmm. So like when this person has everything, they can take it and run. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're just, just exactly. And they and know that and that's the what they do. 
And that's what, yes. and that's so true. And that's, and that was, and cause even, cause what I learned even after I was done in, with the marriage and dating, I started to realize like, okay, every time I'm done with a person, I feel like a part of me is missing. Why is that? Mm. Why is, why is it, why is they leaving and taking a part of me with them? I got tired of it. And that's kind of where the real healing began because at first I'm like, I just needed to prove that I was still, you know, lit. So I had to be back out on them streets. Like, am I popping? Like, was the problem me? <laughs> the problem, not me. So the problem was him. Okay. So now what? So now I'm just dating, dating, dating. And then I'm starting to see these themes and patterns. And I feel like that's God's way of showing me like, okay, girl, you thinking it's out there. The problems with you, boo, like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Too. And so, you know, because you out here, you know what I mean? You're not, you're not taking a look at yourself. You're not taking a look at, you know, uh, what your expectations are, like you're in the, the way you feel empty. You're not addressing it. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's what you have to do. And so it's, it's hard work, you know, but, you know, that's how it goes. So would you say that you agree with, you know, a lot of people say like the person, a lot of times the person that you marry or like men that you deal with is a lot like your father. Would you agree with that? Or like, did you see that? I see that sometimes with like mm-hmm. my own personal situation. And I see it with like um my family members. A lot of my family members, like the pathology of things that, like for instance, my sisters, the the situations that they went through with, their exes is like the same situation my mother went through with their mm-hmm. father mm-hmm. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i me and shalia talk about this like sometimes when like for instance you went through your struggle with reagan's dad right mm-hmm. and you would do her disservice when she's a teenager and starts dating mm-hmm. and not let her know about certain red, fl- red flags that you ignored mm-hmm. or whatever and i feel like in our culture a lot of times that's not spoken on like i didn't find out until months ago like the Mm -hmm. stuff that my mom went through as a young mom with um my sister's father you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's like you actually do your children a disservice yeah of not letting them know the things that you went through Mm -hmm. with your personal experience with dating and being with the men or whatever but yeah yeah I guess it's like you want to make sure, like, even though her dad, like the dad that she know, like, say, like she she started dating in fifteen years. No, she's gonna start dating in what? I like six years, maybe. So. Yeah, six years. <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes us as girls, I think we do, and I think boys do it too. We do look for elements of our father or mother in the person yeah. that we're dating. Mm-hmm. And the bad part about it is that sometimes that part that we see as children come with a bad part too and <laughs> and you don't see that part and then like you you be like okay well i like a guy that that has money like say mm-hmm. like well my dad he provided for us he paid the bills our electricity never went out blah 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 so you date a man who does that but you don't see he's never home he's always working right you don't have that quality time you know what i mean mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's just like I think open dialogue, and I'm sure you will have that with your daughter because you guys have a yeah. close relationship. Yeah. But yeah. I know that not everyone understands that that's important to have that dialogue about, you know, your experience, what you went through, you know, dating. Now, like, I'm not going to bash your dad, but I know that when my daughter gets older, I'm going to tell her 
some real deal stuff that I went through yeah. with her dad. <laughs> I can't tell her now. Right. Because yeah. I, don't want her to, I don't want her to judge him. I don't want her to judge me. You know? Right, mm-hmm. right. When they can handle it. Yeah. But I think I think that's really important. I think, and that was one of the things that my mother did with me, you know, because my mom struggled with addiction. I never had a relationship with my father. I didn't meet him until um I was twenty-five and okay. one time and we haven't I haven't seen him since. So um but I had you know a stepfather, I had a father figure. Um I did. Um but I'll say it's like my mother was very open with me, but one thing I realized that my mom did was she scared me, you know, because she because she had went through so much, like she grew up in foster care. Um, she struggled with addiction. Like she didn't know her mom and dad. Um, and so she grew up in the system and then she got into drugs and dealing with different men and everything. So when she sat me down and had certain talks, like it was kind of like girl, kind of steer clear. And, you know, she didn't ever say don't do certain things, but she kind of scared me straight to a certain extent. And so, um, I was very fearful, you know, of certain things, you know, in my twenties, my teens, you know what I mean? Just, just going all the way. Like I, I was like, I wasn't like, I want intimate nothing because I just was scared. So my mom gave me the tea. She gave me the real, but at the like same she gave you the nightmares, but she didn't get it. Was, like, it was right. But that was her reality, right? It was her reality. So, you know, I want to be mindful to try to not color the picture so much. Like, you know what I mean? Like I want to mm-hmm. Give the give the information, but in a way where you know it's just not so weighed down with my experiences. So right. just mm-hmm. hopeful that when the time comes, like I'll be able to have those real conversations in a way where it's not so heavy. You know what I mean? Because I was scared, and and that was the whole thing. Like I was scared most of my twenties of of going to certain points with guys and all of that to the point where it made me make a choice to marry somebody that. We wasn't really in a position to really be married, but I was just getting older and I, you know, it was kind of like, it seemed like, it was kind of like I settled because I had, I was so, you know, guys. So, so yeah, so it was, those are weird, but, and I feel like a lot of the dynamics and it's so funny. um, One of the, one of the things um, that I noticed was a couple of like the way my whole situation played out was kind of like an example of some of the volatile relationships she had. And so it was so crazy because that was one of my things growing up. Like, that's the reason why I went into social work. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was just like, I wanted to try to, I felt like I was trying to like rewrite my family history or just correct it, you know, because I was like, my mom was grew up in the system and I wanted to like work and just correct the system and just mm-hmm. all these. And I was kind of identifying myself um, based on like the struggle you know? And so I just had this, and it's so crazy because what I did doing all that, and I made a lot of good choices. I'm not going to say every choice that I made, like I did, I was very responsible. I worked, I went to college, I went to graduate school. I made a lot of strategic choices, but the struggle was always on my mind. Like, you know what I mean? Like not wanting to, not wanting to be homeless again. You know, I grew up, I was in shelters and everything else. And so it was more so just trying to survive. I never thought about thriving and having so much. It was just like I, I needed to survive. And so yeah, surviving. Yeah, we thought about, about that too. Yep. You're yeah, but I never not really thought about a man showering me with love and a man just like I never. It never crossed my mind to 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 for a man to do all of these great things for me. It was kind of mm-hmm. like he here. All right, you know what I mean. Right. 
that was that. It was just the mm-hmm. end. Like I really didn't have a lot of details. So it was on, I did attract what I had kind of seen my whole life. You know what I mean? Even though it was something I call myself trying to avoid. So you just have to be yep. careful if you identify with certain things because you'll really attract those same dynamics to your life without even trying because I look up and I'm the same situation. How? Like I had made all right. the right choices. How did I still end up here? And sometimes it's nothing you can do. You it's nothing but go through that experience. Oh, oh, I know I had to. It couldn't have been. Side. It couldn't have happened no other way. Mm-hmm. And the woman that I am today, that's the price I had to pay to get to know her, for her to kind of show up. Because yeah. right, I showed up under any other circumstances. I don't think, but it's just crazy when I really look back at how everything I was trying to avoid in my life was everything that I was really attracting and bringing on, and mm-hmm. I know thought of a bigger better life in terms of love in terms of finances in terms of just life and now i'm just starting to get a taste of that like wow it's so much out here that's why i want to expose my border to that like you don't have to be living like you know we getting by you know what i mean like right. when you like i said when you grow up like i did shelters and, and like i said dealing with drug addictions and different things it's hard to kind of why you know you kind of yeah. to a certain extent and then i'm in the system working as a social worker and then trying to combat that on a regular basis. So you just kind of two steps removed from all the foolishness. And then, like I said, I got married and I was smack dab in the foolishness. I, I, it was crazy. It was crazy. But like you said, it, it had to happen that way. So, so you still, so I definitely attracted, it wasn't so much my dad, but definitely a lot of the things I witnessed, I was, I became a part of, you know what I mean? Even though mm-hmm. I could, should have known better. It's like in a roundabout way. I still ended up in the foolishness. Mm-hmm. yeah sometimes mm-hmm. people are like sometimes like trauma is like you're born into it like in some it's like you were born into trauma and so like without the healing of those traumas it really would be impossible for your perception right. of like healthy relationships right. you know what i mean because mm-hmm. you were basically like starving for a healthy environment you know mm-hmm. and so it's like because you didn't want you didn't like you didn't want to be you didn't want to make the same mistakes that your mom made but you didn't have you weren't equipped with the skills to make make the other good decisions you know what i mean because you have to be like fully rounded like i know like because like we all do it i feel like like it's no way as a parent for you to fully equip your kid you know what I mean? But like, for instance, if you send your kid on a trip, right, it could be three parents send their kid on a trip. One could send them with barely anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the kid like it survived, but they struggling. Somebody else, their parents may have forgot a pair of panties or like something small. You get what I'm saying? And their experience is going to be a little better than the other kid. But then the other kid, then the third kid, their parents could have went through a lot of stuff and do kitchen sink at them made sure they had everything for every scenario you get what i'm saying Mm -hmm. because all of us us as parents we're learning every day right and a lot of times it's things that we do give our kids that they never utilize Mm -hmm. it's things that we forget to give our kids or it's Mm -hmm. things that weren't given to us and we didn't have the knowledge to pass it on to them so unfortunately it's like you know it's a learning process on a continuous basis but as a parent, you have to be open-minded and always willing to learn. And then you say, you know what? I know me, and I'm pretty sure you do it. This is something I need to talk to my daughter about. Right. Because, like, mm-hmm. I know that there's there's people who grew up. I hear women say it all the time. My mom never told me about my period. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, if you have a mom, that means she had a period. Yeah. <laughs> but more than likely, her mom never talked to her about her period. Right? Yeah, it's that that it just and we we're taught this in social work. Yeah. That that cycle it follows and it continues to follow until somebody breaks it. And even yes. though you may try to break it, it's still things because things that it's you genetic. Miss out. The it's residue still genetic is still too. Like. Yeah. Some mm-hmm. stuff you just can't avoid. And I'm experiencing that now where yeah. I'm learning about my trauma and why I went through that trauma and how to get out of it. But some stuff is like, well, I tried to avoid it. But like you said, you, you're always in survival mode. You're not yeah. enjoying it. You're not living. So yeah. we got to get out of that. I mean, yes. I know yes. what you were saying about social work. Like, that's why I went into social work, too. Yes. Because my mom at a young age and nobody wanted to take care of us. Oh, let me go into social work so I can save these kids who go through the same Right, right. But I got to save myself first. Hello? You know what I mean? I, I got to save myself before I can help save other people. It starts and with self. It all, yeah. it literally all starts with self. That's why it's like, I can't be on no bashing session about no ex-husband of mine. I it, it starts with me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like right. my how why your marriage didn't work out. I'm always gonna talk about well, I wasn't ready. You know what I mean? I had a lot of expect like I'm always gonna talk. I went through hell, but I'm never going to be like I'm sharing it today. But when people ask me, because people ask me all the time because they think I'm just this phenomenal woman, who would mess it up with you? Well, you know, I made some bad choices. You know, I wasn't ready, I was young, I was putting too much expectation. Because you have to do self first with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we have to like heal ourselves, take care of ourselves first before we could be out on these streets being productive or helping anybody. But we want to so bad, but it, we don't get nowhere. It's like we're not yeah. the will. Just- and I think that that self love is more put specifically on women, but men need it too. Men need to do it too. Yeah. Yeah. I, for but sure. it's, it's not. Talked about a lot. When you it's hear not, about self love, you hear mostly women. Yes, yes. So they, they need it too. They, yeah, mm-hmm. they need to love themselves first too. Yes, they because do. Because if you, if you don't love yourself fully and address the traumas and heal yourself, then you can't be a good boyfriend or husband or no. you know, partner. Period. You can't. So yeah, yeah. And that's and that's a and that's a good thing. I'm always looking for like a good dating point for me because I'm like. What's your self-care look like? Like, if you sit up miserable or not happy with your own life, don't think I'm going to be that ray of sunshine, sir. Like, I'm not the, uh, I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, you got to have your I can't write it like your day. You I can't do it. <laughs> you got to be lit. <laughs> yes. it's like, so it's so, but they don't, it's almost like they think that's a, a compliment. Girl, you mind, you mind everything. You buy this. I don't like to hear stuff like that. It's too much pressure. Yeah, it is. Everything for ourselves, sir. And then, you know, we can take it from there. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. Like the light that we already have. But yeah. Yeah, men so got it. Any, um, any last thoughts that y'all want to? Yeah, well, I, I would just say, you know, as far as with divorce, um, I think over the years, uh, you know, because at one point in time, it was like a no no. You know what I mean? Like, and not to say that I'm, I feel it's a yes, yes, but I would just say this, you know, it is definitely a traumatic event. Um, and our kids, you know, they witness it and it impacts them. Like I said, I'm still learning ways that impacts my daughter. Um, 
you know, it just hearing her perspective on life, it's just like I said, she didn't feel like she had parents for a long time. She still doesn't, you know, unless we're together. But then she feels like she has parents. So, um, so the and the learning and the lessons from it is uh is endless. I feel like I'm gonna always be learning, but um ultimately, you know, life goes on, you know what I mean? And yeah, we don't know what it will look like on the other end of it, you know, we might feel like you know, how am I going to make it? Because that was a real feeling for me. And it was a real thing because I did not know like how I was going to make it. You know, I did not know. And, um, but honestly, if we just take the steps, you know what I mean? To, for herself, my, my story could have easily led to me and him getting back together if that was what I wanted it to be. And it yeah. probably been a way better situation, but what I just would say to anybody is just take the fear out of it. You know what I mean? And just kind of go with the flow because even though I took those steps, if I wasn't so burnt out, it probably could have been because I'm telling you, he did transform his life and it's a different, in a lot of ways, he's a different person. And it's like, you know what I mean? But, but I think that it took for you to do that for him right. to transform. No, but, but see, I had never even separated from the man. I think us being separated even for six months, nine months, that was that was driving him after having food, the meals, the everything, <laughs> years, and yeah. just to cut the man off, cold turkey. He, he, his life had transformed within a year. Like he was doing so much. So if I would have did that, you know what I mean? If I would have put my foot down. So what I'm saying is like, if you, even if you make this the decision, like, all right, I want to get divorced. Just understand that you still don't know how the story is going to end. Right. You know and no, just don't be fearful and just trust, you know what I mean? Trust God, you know what I mean? Trust your instincts, you know, and don't be sitting around because a lot of times it's for your own protection, you know, mm-hmm. but with, you know, especially if it's a situation of infidelity, who knows, you know what I mean, where that could go. So you just have to kind of, I feel like people hold on to just this known hell versus an unknown heaven, potentially. So you know, people feel like a little piece of something is better than nothing. There's all kinds of things why people stay in, in, in unhealthy situations. That goes back to things that we're told as kids. Right, right. But you I'm just here to mean? say, you can live, you can be happy, you can thrive, you can still go on and do things that you couldn't even do when you was married. You know, you know yeah. I'm now that not a, I, my me and my daughter, we travel, we do things like we, we have a great life and and nothing's really changed. I'm still working the same job. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's just all about letting God in. Is what no, I, you it's not. You did get a promotion. Don't say I was a supervisor since 2010. Thank you very much. Okay, I've been supervising since 2010. But you did you, So your job didn't change. I started the job that I work from home in 2014. This position I do right now since 2014. Yeah, it been that long. Yeah. Hey, time be flying. This is what I'm saying. I do the exact same thing. I'm not lying. I moved up. I, I mean, I wish I always talked to you. I wish I would have moved up, and I'm going to get back on it. I did enroll in the LSW class. I'm, I'm in. Good, good. I'm getting on the road to my career again, but all of that was on pause because I was going through so many life changes. It's not about the dollars, you know. We want to make make it make sense in our head, like how am I going to do it? God comes in, you know. He turned two into twenty two real quick, right? Yeah. But we gotta trust it. We don't be. Yeah. Trust- and I didn't trust it until I just couldn't take it no more. And that was my beginning of my blossoming. Just like, okay, you can do it. And so now I've created, a, I think, a, a great, great life. I mean, it's not obviously perfect, you know, in every area, but it's healthy. <laughs> yeah. 
And that's what matters. And you're happy. And I'm happy, right? So Mm -hmm. it it can go. Life can be good after divorce. You know, you don't you don't know how it can play out. Yeah, yeah. You you can't put a value on happiness. You can't. It's priceless, and it's so important in life. And women, we learn to live with like pain. We learn to live with discomfort, unhappiness. We just play the martyr all the time. It's no prize for it. You're not going to get a prize. You're not going to get this speech to pay you for it either. Yeah. No mm-hmm. way, for my prize. It ain't came. It's not. Stop waiting. It's Where's not my coming. Prize? For everything I'm coming. Prize. For everything I'm coming. No, it ain't no prize coming. Be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Period. That's, That's it. That's all. Be happy. Yes, yes, yes. Before we let you go, we want to do a, a quick game, right? So the subject I have is like relationships. So you either going to select one of the two options. Okay. It's like a mm-hmm. this or that game, but you're not really supposed to think it's supposed to be like the first one that comes to your head. First thing that comes to my mind. Yeah. Well, you'll, you'll have an option between one or two and then you just say okay. one you okay. like. Okay. So social media love or private lovers. Private lovers. <laughs> Girls night out or romantic night in with your boo. And ignite it with my boo. How <laughs> about you do the girls? Ex- expensive dinner out or partner cooked dinner at home? Expensive dinner out. Texting or phone calls? Phone calls. Online dating or traditional dating? Traditional dating. Meet the family early or wait till it's official to meet? Early, meet the family early. Oh, okay. I was not expecting. You I wasn't expecting that, that either. But I, it could be. It could be smart though. You gotta get in early. Yeah. And keep the scene. See what just they you know. About. Yeah. I don't have to come in hot, but I just need to be able to see, keep the dynamic just a little bit. Take me to the barbecue. I don't have to stay the whole time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. So before you get out of here, if you would like, you could give people your social media information or where they can follow you at. Um, I am on IG. I'm um at C O K E underscore A N A underscore. So that's where I am. Um, you'll see nothing but um pictures from vacations and pictures of my child and all kinds of stuff like that. But you know, I try to throw a little tidbit, a little two cents every now and again. That's that's <laughs> well, we appreciate you for coming on and being transparent and talking Thank about you, your ladies. experience. I appreciate the opportunity. You know, um, you know, you know, your listeners. You never know what position people are in, so it's always important to hear the positives. You know, and don't always have to be so negative when it comes to divorce. So I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. Um, and I've been following you, ladies, and I wanted to say, Janina. <laughs> You be giving me all the documentaries, okay, girl? I'll be like, yeah, uh, yeah, oh, I like that, George. I'll be like, well, I watched that. Sean, you be having all the tea on the documentaries and then she'll live with the food. So between the two of y'all, you know, <laughs> I love what you guys are doing great and I I love it. I'm a fan. So it's it's been my pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> I know. We appreciate you so much for being a dedicated listener. And always listening and providing feedback. Yes. yes, I love my girls. Y'all are y'all are amazing. Keep it up. Thank you. <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up. Don't leave yet. Thanks for listening to my mom and auntie. Make sure you guys follow them on Instagram at the underscore 
John underscore podcast on Twitter at W underscore the J on TikTok at the John A podcast and visit our website www.johnpod.net don't forget to ask the John sending your listening letters to the John pod at gmail.com period this is the John a podcast I love y'all be forward.